Welcome to A Few Deep, a hangout podcast where a guest and I drink multiple styles of beer and talk about this, that, and the other thing. I'm your host, Joe Varga. So come on, let's get a drink. Happy New Year. Happy Saturday. 2020 is here, people. Hey, if you guys want to help out the show in any way, you can go to afewdeep.com and click on the exclusive button and then click on the donate button to the beer fund. That donates to us so we can continue to drink good beer and hang out in this podcast because I don't get paid for this shit. Or you could also go to Apple and subscribe to the podcast and write a review, give me a star rating of some sort. I don't ask for five star ratings because that's just weird. And people do that. People are like, oh, give me a five-star rating. Just give me the rating. I don't care. It helps out the show. It either puts it in a low category or a good one. Obviously, you want the good one, but, you know, is what it is. I want to be real with everything, you know. So just write a, you know, write a little quick review of if you like it or don't like it or something. A little something, you know. So, yeah, that's in the Apple Podcasts. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I have for that. So how was your New Year's? Mine was, I worked on New Year's Eve. Uh, looks like a lot of people had the Roaring Twenties kind of parties, which looked really cool. Super fun. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I ended up working. So, you know, I made some money. Had a good time. I wasn't as, I wasn't anywhere drunk at all, obviously. Uh, so, it was one of my sober New Year's in a couple of years. So, I think I, lurk, I worked a couple of two years ago two three years ago on a new year's yeah something like that anyway it was good it was fun um but now we're back 2020 we're here and we're living in the future now i guess so i don't know what that means uh my i don't know i don't know what that means i don't know what living in the future feels like or should feel like, you know, you always see the movies like the Jets, you know, or the cartoons, the Jets and everybody wants flying cars and all that kind of bullshit. Uh, I just, you know, I don't really care about that stuff. It's kind of interesting uh, what we all want to look forward to in the future or what we think, like technology or, you know, maybe better medicine or better this, or better that. So, you, I don't know what I, where I really look for. I really look forward to just try to better myself. And that's my uh, resolution for the new year always, just to better myself. So, you know, that's what living in the future looks like to me is to get better, uh, better yourself, uh, learn some stuff, you know, whatever your, you know, whatever that may be, you know, to help you improve. Um, yeah, just, I finished, uh, let's see, this year I finished reading The Great Gatsby already, which is great, off to a good start. Um, I, I've known the story for a really long time. It's one of those, you know, and, and somebody had just wrote, or no. Somebody had just written a comment, because um, I posted it, uh, that, you know, they read this in high school and they, uh, you know, didn't quite understand it, didn't quite get it. You know, it's like one of those, it's like, that's the same for me as like, I could have read a bunch of these in high school or, you know, I've read, you know, some things in high school that uh, I'm kind of either going back or thing, reading things that I should have read in high school because it's one of those where... You, you sort of, you can understand it, but you might not quite get it. And I think it even happens with this book. 
with even the feels, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes you need to have a little bit of life experience to relate to the book or, you know, to a certain things. Like you could watch a movie or you could, you know, you can, um, you can read the book and sometimes it's better later because you start getting a little bit more of things than you would, you know, when you're younger, you're like, yeah, you get all the drinking and all this other stuff, but you're not, you're not getting all the other life experiences and, you know, interesting things like that. So it's, it's fun to go back and, and reread some of those things or, you know, things that I've missed out on. So I think, so the next book, I don't know what I'm going to pick yet. Cause I, I'm, I'm going to pick either the grapes of wrath, uh, or another book that I got for Christmas, which is sort of a, a fiction thriller book, I guess maybe. So I don't know. I'm, I'm torn between the two. Uh, so I don't know. I might, the Grapes of Wrath is long, so I might kind of postpone that maybe till a little bit later. But uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's how my year's starting out. It's uh, going okay. Not uh, not much um, else happening at the moment. Uh, going on a trip next week to Disneyland. Going to LA for a weekend. I've never been, so that should be fun. Going for the wife's birthday. And... Uh, yeah, coming up in March, we're going on our honeymoon in Hawaii. So, yeah, all that's getting planned. We got two other weddings to go to in the summer. I mean, I feel like the the year's already full, full of things, beautiful things. So, hopefully, it it uh, escalates and continues to go that way. So, all right, I'm gonna stop rambling because I'm just talking fucking whatever. I know, I don't know. I just talk sometimes just because I got you know, I spend a lot of time by myself. So. I like to talk to the microphone to pretend there's people out there to talk to. So, you know, I don't get to talk so many times with a lot of people. I do, but, you know, not on a good level. Anyway, like I said, I'm going to stop rambling. Let's get to the interview. This is uh, not the interview. Let's get, get to the conversation, the fun. Um, this is my friend, Zach. Um, I met him at a party in San Francisco, and he's friends with all a couple of... Um, of my friends and uh super nice guy and uh super smart and it's interesting to see uh where we progress and you know where we just turn and go in life like one one minute you're doing something and you just kind of go through these like you know interesting moments that change you or you just change it and you go that way and go that way and it's um you know it's uh now I don't, you know, I don't want to give any any conversation away. I'm just kind of uh, summing up some of the stuff we talked about. Uh, this is, you know, always the round one is always a get to know you. So this first round is like let's get to know Zach a little bit, and then you know we go to the second round of you know getting into what he was into and what he's plugging and you know all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, Zach's super smart, super fun guy to talk to, and uh, we had a great time. And uh, so. Without further ado, let's check it out. Hey, hey. What's happening? Welcome to the podcast. 
My guest today, Mr. Zach Peoples. Hello, hello. What's happening, man? How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on, dude. Turn that down. Oh, music was epic. Someone's oh. shredding in the background. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I made these little. I make these little loops for the uh, for the podcast, so I can uh, introduce everybody. Get a little. Get a little fun, you know. Like I, I started some podcasts out with like, you know, just by like hitting record and going, okay, let's go. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, it doesn't feel right, you know, when you like, you feel like you need some music up in there to get a little bit of, I don't know pumped up or whatever i don't know something yeah. something about the vibe you know you that can, right that can awesome. uh, make it happen all right well first things first let's grab a beer sounds like a plan and we're gonna start off are you a big beer guy do you drink a lot of different types of beers and a uh, lot a lot of good brewing companies or i'd say so i mean i i wouldn't say that i'm like you know a scientist about it but you know there are definitely beers that you know i do enjoy and there's certain companies that I've, I probably, there's a Korean company that's, uh, that makes really good beer and they have a lot of microbreweries and they're coming up, but, uh, yeah, man, that's, yeah. that's a long answer, but, uh, no, that's okay. That's, that's the whole point of the show. Yeah. yeah I, like, fine, uh, I definitely like beer. All right, cool. Well, this one is, do you have, how you had ghost town before ghost town brewing? No, man. Ghost town is out of Oakland. That's awesome. Yeah. They got a new, uh, they're, they've probably been on the scene for about two years, maybe two and a half years. They're kind of like. I would say up and coming. They're they're already kind of here, but they're getting popular. I guess more popular now. Uh, there's there's two that like there's Ghost Wood Brewing in Redwood City, yep. and there's Ghost Town, and Ghost Town is in Oakland. And this is a Melmac Pale Ale, uh, five point four ABV. So we'll start off. Oh, I'm stoked. Oh, yeah, Dude, start that's, off uh, that whole can looks amazing. Yeah, this is like a galaxy. Uh, it looks like a some kind of. Wizard Galaxy up in here. <laughs> yeah, it's got this like. Awesome, thank you, sir. Yeah, it's got like some galaxy. It looks like this c- c- volcano cloud burst or something. I don't know. It looks pretty rad, <laughs> for sure. Oh, that's a great sound. Yes, yes. All right, cheers, man. Cheers, brother. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's a West Coast too. I like it. Yeah, it's nice. Tons of flavor. Yeah, it's got a hopped with uh, Amarillo and Mosaic, which is a good combination. The Mosaic is kind of light, actually, compared. But it's tasty. Oh, man. Good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's flavor. I love it. It's good, man. So um, are you uh, originally from the Bay Area? Are you in the Californian? Uh, You know, like, short answer, no. Okay. I'm originally from Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, But moved to California, LA specifically, um, when I was 22 and stayed there for 10 years. So I felt like that was like my home and the place that I kind of grew up and yeah, like learned a lot. But you grew up in, in Austin then? Grew up in Austin. Yeah. Born in like Louisiana. My dad was in the air force. And so we kind of did a bit of traveling when I was much younger, but, uh, like there was an air force base, Bertram. I don't know if anyone, it's, it's not there anymore. It's an airport now. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, like um, Austin was pretty much like where I lived from probably five up until. Did you go to high, high school? school? Yeah, up yeah. until into high school. How was uh, how was how was the the high school vibe going on there? I mean, it's Texas, you know, so it's all football, right? You know, Texas oh, yeah. I was gonna say it's, uh, but not high school, college, or whatever. Is there a real football team called the Texas Armadillos? Or is that- <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I. 
I would imagine I did hear the Texas Armadillos. I would think, are they like an indoor football team? I'm not sure. Um, I got that from a random movie that I used to watch all the time. I still have the movie. I bought it on DVD. It's uh, it's called Necessary Roughness. Have you seen that? Yeah, dude. So there's the Texas Armadillos, and like there's a whole like Texas vibe there. It's like the whole thing. That's hilarious. You know, um, and whatever stereotypes are in that movie are true. Man. Really, <laughs> it's a great movie. It's like. True. It's like, yeah, it's got that, like, old quarterback that sort of, like, comes back. Like, he's, like, 35 or something, and all the rest of the guys are, like, 21, you know, on the field and shit. And, like, you know, he's supposed to be this, like, old all-time quarterback who, like, missed the window. You know, and, like, so he's, like, back into the game. And you got uh, Sinbad is also the same because he's, like, you know, I really didn't get a chance. You know, I took up uh, chemistry instead. And he's, like, man... You should come play football again. He's like, ah, I've gotten too old for that shit, man. He's like, nah, come on. And then he ends up joining the team. He's just like this big fucking like defensive end guy and like just slams <laughs> the quarterback. He's like, Andre does not eat meat because Andre is a vegetarian. He's like, well, hey, whatever the fuck you want to eat, Andre. <laughs> it's great. Dude, we should just yeah. we should have that plan, you know? Dude, like, it, that would be epic. Yeah, it is. Uh, so have you? So growing up in, in Austin, in Texas, uh, did you play a lot of football for that? No, man. Like, um, it's a funny story, but um, I don't know. Like, maybe this was. Oh, and sorry to cut you off, but that's okay. Big Trouble, Little China, man. There's a poster print yes, in the corner. That's like my sir. favorite childhood movie, man. That's my favorite movie of all time, dude. dude. I love it. I'm still I'm supporting the shirt. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh my god, dude. Long. It just brings back memories and, and just, you know, I love that saying. You know, like, um, you know, Jack. You know, like Jack Burton. He's like. Like something like, oh, what the hell, you know? Yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, old Jack always says, "What the hell?" Oh, I love it, man! (laughs) I love it. Such a good film. Yeah, dude, it's my one of my favorite movies of all time, if not number one. Yeah. (sighs) So I was like, I gotta, I have a poster behind you as well. That little one I got randomly, (laughs) and then yeah, I got the big one. Put that one up, yeah. That's epic, man. Yeah. It just, I'm, you know, thank you. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) It's, it's fucking good, man. I love those. I love a lot of the '80s stuff, so I'm a big '80s. You know, early 90s, like, movie, you know, those are the, like, epic ones, like, that time frame I like. I mean, I love a lot of all movies, don't get me wrong, but th- those are, like, the hot spots for, like, my favorite cult films of, of I guess, like, sorts. So, right. I mean, yeah. it reminds me, did you ever see, like, The Golden Child? Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, that was, like, another kind of similar favorite that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, absolutely. Eddie Murphy in that was amazing. He's like, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved, you know, all that. I love most of all Eddie Murphy's like old stuff, you know, from you know Forty Eight Hours to Beverly Hills Cop oh, so to good, The Golden right? Child. Yeah, like he was in some epic, epic movies. He was good. like the probably like one of the biggest stars back then. He's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah, like, um, and he still looks great. I just saw him uh, do like SNL not too long ago, and it's just like, I did. I seen that too. <laughs> yeah, he looks great. He didn't even age. I didn't get to watch. Um, what is it called? There's a new movie on Netflix. He's like, uh, oh yeah, he's sort of like a a pimp guy almost, but it's like, a, but for movies or something like, kind of like takes after like Shaft or something or sort of around that time. Oh, why can't I remember it? It's a he's reenacting this guy. I, I know the story. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but the story is like this kind of up and coming. Or he was just like a guy that loved directing or loved just like mm. entertaining people. And okay, he was like a stand up comic. 
Um, I wish I could remember his name. Um, Dolomite or something. Dolomite, yeah. Yes. That's so, it. Yeah. Is it called the movie called Dolomite? It too? is called something? Dolomite. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real dude. It's a real story. It's um, and he was just reenacting the character. Oh, that's awesome. So it is cool, man. Like um, that movie does exist. Um, it's isn't it crazy? Just you hear these just gnarly stories about these people that just never say no to things, and they just try it, and it turns out like years later, you know, people actually respect the craft. Yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of interesting, uh, especially uh, it, it, that it's a weird genre too. It's kind of like this, like like I said, it's kind of like the shaft out, you know, <laughs> like uh, I guess it's, it's not really action packed, but sort of, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it has everything. Is it like comedy, action, like sort of like I don't know, there's like well, I guess Eddie Murphy, the, the remake or whatever, the story that he's telling has a lot of like you know song and dance sort of stuff, but like at the same time, like. You know, all the fashionable clothes and shit, the right. pimp gear, the sort of the 70s, like, disco kind of era, like, thing so going great. on. But I didn't, I didn't watch it. I seen the preview. I didn't watch it yet, but I, I definitely, it's on my list to watch. Yeah, man. Check it out. I mean, uh, speaking of the clothing, and it's great that you mentioned it. Um, I don't, there's a Netflix show. Um, I can't remember the title, but it's about just design. And there's okay. a lot of, you know, they have a lot of different creative people come in. They talk about their different creative stories, and it's just about art, right? And, okay. Uh, but, there's a woman that's on that show, and I think this show has two seasons, but um, she talks about all the different movies that she's played in and different set designs, and it is amazing how much work goes into just creating the theme, creating the clothing, um, you know, just getting everyone coordinated. Yeah. And her whole process was just – she's a historian, and that's what you find is that's how she's able to – like be so creative and really think about and very mindfully about like what types of clothing is going to fit these different scenes that these directors want to put their actors in. And it's just quite amazing to hear her creative process. And you realize that she's a historian at the end of the day, as smart as she is, she just knows history really well and, and can kind of depict all the different nuances. Yeah, it's crazy. So she kind of like studies like the, 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 the clothes, the history of the clothes, like in that time era or whatever the, the film kind of calls for. Right. And then she sort of goes into it. That's awesome. It's great. It's cool that they have people like that, you know, that really, I mean, you think about stuff that you do all day too, right? And you're like, I don't sit there and fucking study clothes. Like, what am I going to know what they're wearing in like, you know, 1801? I mean, there's a specific, you know, like maybe a tie or something, right? That's like very specific or a shirt, you know, that this lady's studying and and uh, (laughs) getting down to a T for a film that's like, you need to look authentic, so that's what you need to be wearing right there. So, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, the things that go into movies and shows and, like you said, the wardrobe to the set to even the writing of, of the, the dialect of, like, what to say. Right. You know, or how they would say it. Yeah. It's, it's great. You know, like, um, yeah, man, I'm just – people are really interesting creatures in the sense that they will go to the depths in certain topics and categories. And, you know, I love the fact that now we have – the internet and things like, you know, like social media and things. And I know social media gets a bad rep, but, you know, things like YouTube, it's just a really great place to to learn, to just see how weird the world is that you live in. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, social media is, I've been trying to dial it back a little, but at the same time, still be present with it. It's just that I I want to basically to me it's a tool and it's made to use for not wasting my time but actually maybe 
bettering my time for some <laughs> things, I guess, really. Like, you know, like, you know, I put the podcast out there or, yep. you know, I want to connect with somebody at this point in time and be like, hey, hey, you know, what's up? And then oh. I can find you or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's the coolest thing about social media for me. Other, other than that, I don't want to sit on my phone just kind of scrolling up and, you know, because it's, I think it's gotten to the point now where, like, you sort of just go on and just scroll. And I remember, you know, a couple, you know, years ago, you, you would, slowly scroll and and like things i don't even like anything not that i don't like things i'm just like scrolling through it without liking it being like oh that's cool cool just kind of numb no, to just, it. yeah i'm just kind of like and then you actually scroll for the end of the day I was like, what the fuck did i do for a half hour i was like just scrolled through a bunch of nonsense that i absorbed in my brain and it just diarrheaed out somewhere and i don't even need it you know it's it's true it's kind of interesting, dude. It is. I mean, <laughs> it's. But you're you're saying it is a tool, right? I think um, it, it's hard for people to remember what you were doing without it. You it know? is like it's it's very hard to be like, well, shit. What was I doing when I didn't have this thing? You know, like what were you doing when you didn't have social media to scroll through? Yeah. So speaking of which, exactly. Let's bring it back to your your high school football <laughs> thing because that that you didn't want to play. That your good story. Oh, dude. Thanks for bringing it back. Yeah. Um, Man, you're good. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, speaking of not having social media, what did you do back then? Then, <laughs> so I, you know, soccer was something that I played, and I, um, and it's kind of interesting how I got into soccer. But when I was much younger, uh, you know, I would say you can start playing football pretty early in Texas, and I don't know if that's just Texas in general and like Texas culture is how they say okay, the age group to play football is you know we're going to start tackle football at five, right? Yeah. Um, we're going to start tackle football by six. Like that's for certain people, like that's just unacceptable, right? It's too young. You're not as developed and you're playing such a physical sport. And, yeah. You know, you don't want to do that very early, but in Texas, it wasn't the case. You know, you could start playing tackle football pretty early and we could too. Cause I'm from New Jersey. We did the same thing. Perfect. So, and yeah. like probably hockey too, right? You could uh -huh. probably get into it pretty early. Yeah. If you can skate, definitely, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe those rules have changed over the years. I think now, well, before too, I think they started, uh what is it flag football so that's a little bit more younger and then they got i don't know if they still have peewees it's called peewees exactly it is yeah peewees it's peewees yeah, yeah. Football. so i think it's i forget what age but yeah probably like third fourth grade maybe somewhere okay. so know, maybe like eight maybe i don't know and it's somewhere probably, around there. yeah still probably the i mean I, I played uh all the way up until high school so wow. I, I was playing football for, you know, elementary school and Dude, all that awesome. stuff for a long time. And, you know, and then the kids in the, in the, wherever, in the street, yeah, we, yeah. we played all the time. So Dude, it, it's a fun sport, yeah. man. Like, um, but I mean, just like every parent I would imagine would react the same, but I was young in the game and, you know, everyone wants to talk about this real epic play, but I, I it felt epic where like I was in the huddle, they were like, all right. Hey, Zach, you're going to play on the end. So we're going to make you like, it was like a special teams unit where they were going to kick a field goal. Mm -hmm. And um, and we had to just kind of like prevent them from doing it. So, you know, and I'm pretty, I was, I was pretty fast and athletic. And so like I got around my man and then I blocked the field goal. Um, I blocked the kick and then I started to pick up the ball and start running. And, you know, and all I could see was just the end zone, right? right I was right. just like, oh, I'm about to do this. This yeah. is awesome. And then next thing you know, it goes dark. Right. Ooh. And so then, you know, like I kind of open my eyes and I'm just sitting on the sideline when I'm my eyes and I'm like, dude, 
how did I get here? And my head's a little bit ringy, you know, and yeah. um, and I just got blindsided, you know, like wow. just some guy just had the right angle on me. Right. And just found me and connected just right on my helmet. And um, and after that, my mom was just like, no, no more football. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, that's kind of why I don't like it anymore. That's <laughs> I've sort of realized that late in the game, but I haven't, I mean, I haven't really followed it since uh, probably 98, 99. Same. So I was just kind of got out of it and I was like, man, I'm not really, it's, you know, there's only 14 minutes of actual real game time play <laughs> and that they're doing timeouts. You got commercials and bullshit. And I'm like, this is everybody's, you know, and it's a dangerous sport and it just, you know, like you said, you can get fucking really concussed and, totally. uh, it's almost like boxing. You know, you get hit in the fucking head so many times your brain is just mush. Yeah, so I feel bad, you know. Um, it, it's a great sport. I mean, and I yeah. and I want to like it, you know. Like yeah. part of me, I'm kind of similar to you, where it's just like I don't follow it, I don't interact with it, you know. And yeah. I see all the ads, and I see like the big moments, and how the city like rallies around the team, and I love that, you know. Yeah. But it's just it's just a sport that I've just kind of grown to to not really care too much about. I mean, I I'm exactly the same. It was I was like I I, I guess I learned to love. Uh, baseball more and hockey more even though hockey is a dangerous sport too there's something about the uh the gracefulness of skating uh and when they fight they'll fight you know it's like they're gonna punch each other in the face and that's how you solve a penalty you know a problem right there so i'm like i kind of agree with that even though it's like people are still getting hurt but it's not the same way, I guess. It's still a little bit more graceful. You can get fucked up in hockey for sure, but Dude, totally. um, I don't know. It's for some reason I flock more to hockey and baseball now than than any other sport. Dude, those are great sports. Yeah. I I love both of them because each of those sports, like they treat their players well. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a there's a really good relationship between like the league, the you know as far as the owners and the players, and I think that they not necessarily have figured it out to the point where they're you know, like it's the it's the best in class, but I think that those two kind of sports and the way that they're organized is much better than some of the other sports that we have out there. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right, so so you so you played soccer then? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In, in uh, uh, high school or just uh, elementary school so, all through? Yeah, like so. Um, at the age of nine, um, I was just kind of ripping and running like any kind of nine year old would. And the PE coach was a soccer coach, and he was like, man, I could use some of that athleticism on the field. And so uh, he just kind of poached me and was like, hey, man, um, you want to play soccer? And and I had no one in my family that played. So, like, I wasn't even – it was, like, the first time I was introduced to this sport, right? Mm-hmm. It was very foreign to me at the time just because yeah. it wasn't that, like – It's not really uh, – I mean, I guess it is now more than ever, but it wasn't popular back then for America really to do. It was all – other countries is like the biggest sport in the world, right? Totally. We were right? like, nope, that's not, we don't care. <laughs> so late, right? We're so yeah. late to the we're game. Calling it soccer to begin with, right? <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's so, so true. I mean, especially in Texas too, when you have this like dominant football culture. Um, and there's a lot of great soccer players in soccer. There's just a lot of great athletes that come out of Texas. So yeah. it doesn't really matter what sport there is. But, um, you know, just football, baseball, like basketball, these were the sports that were taking up the majority of the talent, right? Yeah. And, um, and so it was something that I wasn't really introduced to until this coach kind of like came to me, took me to a practice and dude, I loved it. Um, 
I just, uh, I was more of a student of the game, you know, I, I just loved it just because I got to, the way he explained it or the way he at least introduced the game to me was very like mathematical, right? Like he kind of broke the field up into these quadrants and he kind of showed me these different kind of triangles and how it's a bit of geometry in the sense that how the ball moves and, and how you can create really interesting formations um, to then just completely break down the defenses of the team. So yeah. it's chess. Yeah. Right. And that's so cool. It was, it was just the way he introduced it and it just made a lot of sense. And I think my mind at, at that point, or my mind has always been just wired yeah. to like these really interesting puzzles. So um, kind of like yeah. kind of just thinking like uh, things about like, like that kind of like in a geometry sense. Completely. Right. Yeah. Just kind of looking at it, looking at it, you know, like not for like face value. Right. So you, it's mm-hmm. like looking at this table or desk in front of us. I mean, he just kind of said, well, this desk is many pieces. Yeah. And so it kind of gives you a whole new perspective. And with that perspective, you can just be much more creative than just seeing it as this very kind of flat yeah, image. One, yeah, one solid piece of something. It's more than that. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's that's a good coach to break down some shit like that. I don't think any of my coaches really do. They're just like, get the fuck in there. Right? Kick the ball. Fucking win. You're like, all right, whatever, dude. Like, okay, pass. You know, that kind of stuff. It's so true, man. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good... Uh, I like that outlook. I like that take on uh, just coaching. That sounds cool. Dude, it was awesome. I yeah. mean, I, uh, Coach Akrush, man, I um, he was a, he's, he's still a father to me. I mean, I don't talk to him as much as... Like I probably did when I was a kid, just because mm-hmm. you know life is just different these days. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, like I, I definitely love the fact that he just came into my life at that time and allowed me to just step on his shoulders and just keep growing with that mindset. Yeah, know? that's awesome, man. That's super cool. So did you end up uh, going to college then, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so soccer was like once I got the bug, you know, once and 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 the great part about it was when he kind of gave me that teaching, I just. Like continue to thrive with that yeah. outlook, right? Um, and I was always, I was always just better in soccer. And the only reason why is because I think I could just see the field as with these, like I could see the field in pieces, right? So I would always yeah. know where to be or anticipate where the person's going to be and know where I should put the ball and how it should go into space and how that shifts the field to then open up new space. Yeah. And so like, I kind of combination with that, with speed. And, exactly. You know. Speed, you know, I'm very like, I'm, I'm, I wasn't six foot, like I'm six foot now, but um, yeah, but I, I would like, I was a low, I was, low, I was a very slow grower, you know, yeah, yeah. like um, I, I probably didn't get this tall until college. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I was relatively like tall, physical and fast. And yeah. so, um, that was also like an advantage for yeah, yeah. Uh, for the coach and the other team uh, to have to deal with. But um, yeah, man, like, so anyhow, <laughs> I uh, I played and was good enough to get a scholarship in college. And mm. so... Um, Which is awesome. It was a really kind of interesting thing just because uh, like I didn't stay at the school that I originally was going to go. Like I really wanted to go to like stay home just because I was like, look, I'm in Texas. I want to just be with my family. Yeah. Um, you don't want to go too far. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a lot of like, there wasn't a lot of schools in Texas that were good enough in soccer um, where I had an opportunity. Right. Right. And so it's, it's quite interesting where you're like, okay, well I can go to a smaller school, thrive, be closer to home. But when it comes to just the opportunities of, you know, having, you know, ambition to be pro, I mean, you needed to get, you needed to go to a school that was getting that type of visibility, right? Right. Yeah. So you needed somebody to be able to come see what what was going on and and basically to get recognized by totally, you know, 
yeah, like a popular, not a popular school, but like you said, a school that's going to get scouted at least for, you know, that's the team to watch, you know, or something, you know. It's just probability, right? Yeah. Like, what's the what's the highest probability of, like, being seen by a team that could potentially put you in a professional situation, right? Right, exactly. And yeah. it wasn't... That makes sense. It wasn't Perfectly. those schools, like, that were in, like, local or those schools that were in Texas, right? So I had to actually go to a school in Miami, which was FIU, um, Florida International, um, okay. for those who don't know. Um, but, uh, it was a, it's, it, it's not anymore, but it was at the time like a very big soccer school. Like a lot of like the MLS greats came out of FIU. And so I was just wow. like, this is the place. It's in Miami. And a buddy of mine told me about it. I had no idea it was on the map, but I had a buddy, Alan Handy, was like, yo, man, you got to come to Miami and play soccer. And I was just like, Okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why the hell not? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, man. So it worked out. Like, it, it worked out. Like, we were a really awesome team. We were nationally ranked. You know, we went to the dance every, you know, like, every year. And, you know, I was able to kind of, like, get those accolades where it was just, like, you know, second team, first team, you know, as far as, like, I, I wasn't ever an All-American, but I was, like, on those teams where I was, like, the best. Because I played defense when I was in college. Okay. Um. And so, yeah, man. So I got, uh, anyhow, just, I'm trying to speed through. There's so much detail, man. Like, That's okay. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy, but, um, I got really lucky, did really well in college to then. Did get you stay in, in Florida and Miami for the four years? I did. The whole? I did. I did. It stayed. Uh, I did stayed you like school. Florida? I, I did, man. Okay. Like, um, like not to live, right. You know, not to like yeah. set up shop and like create a little nest bed, but yeah. dude, I loved it as a college kid just because. The two things, the okay, the two people or the two professions that have the most fun in Miami are drug dealers and athletes. And <laughs> I, I, I can imagine that in Florida for sure. And and it was epic as a college kid, just because like you would you would try to like be cool with all the drug dealers, and then yeah. you know like you would see the athletes, and the drug dealers were kind of your connection through the athletes, because then like they would all be supplying to the same folks, and so right, then, right. You know, you just kind of like have this really cool little network and get into these cool clubs, and there'd just be these amazing women, and it was a cool place, a cool scene to go in at such a young age. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man, for it sure. Was. Especially like like a college like that. Yeah, that sounds great, man. That sounds like. <laughs> Party town, popularity, like that sounds like a movie waiting to be made or is already made. <laughs> Basically, those kind of movies, <laughs> right? those Many college times. movies. Absolutely. Many times, dude. Like um, Miami was awesome. I really loved Miami. Yeah. Um, just as an uh, as a to experience as a kid, but uh, but had to get out of there. You know, just couldn't like. I didn't want to live there long term, and so uh, so after school, it was kind of like my time here is done. I got a role, dude. But, like, or did you have to think about it twice, or was it like you already no. knew by like? maybe like the third or fourth year that you were like, I, I got to start thinking uh, uh, long-term more future. So I got to plan to get out of this. Dude, I, I wish guess. I was that smart, man. No, like, just kinda you know, went, you yeah, just kinda, you know, yeah. Dude, you're in college. Nah, yeah, you don't dude. think about it. You're think not about thinking just, about that <laughs> yeah. shit. Dude, you're partying, chilling, yeah. enjoying all your friends. Um, and that's what I was doing, you know, just kind of kicking back. Uh, but, but I ended up getting lucky. Like there was a, there was a club in Atlanta called Atlanta Silverbacks. Um, and this was, so the MLS wasn't like the, the national soccer league that it is today. Like okay. today it's huge. right? Yeah. But at the time when I was playing, it was kind of slowly coming up. They were trying to kind of centralize the league, but it's because not a lot of people were really into the, the, the game. At exactly. The time. And now everybody's a, into it. everybody. Right. And yeah. so MLS did the hard work of getting all the TV rights, like getting all the right sponsorships. But before, like, the league was kind of broken up into these interesting regions, and it was a very regional thing. And so uh -huh. you'd have 
these different clubs that just had different owners and there wasn't, there was like a central kind of organization, but they weren't very powerful, right? Like they were just kind of a central organization to do bookkeeping and kind of keep all these necessary stats around what the players are doing, what players get recruited, what players get signed. Mm. But, uh, but they weren't like, they weren't established to the point where they could get TV deals or right, right. Yeah, get big sponsors. It's not that kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. so the MLS came in and actually helped. But when I started, I just kind of was an early adopter into soccer and yeah. Um, got picked up by this team, Atlanta Silverbacks. And, uh, yeah, man, like got signed. First contract was like $38,000. I was oh, that's feeling awesome. like a oh, Dude, you're on top of the world dude, right there. Dude, I was just like, like, I know exactly where we're going. Yeah. Um, like I'm playing, I'm playing and getting paid right now. That's awesome. <laughs> that's all you need right there. Dude, right? it was cool. It was, it, it, and it wasn't what you, th- you know, you think about like, it, like soccer is not like football where there's like, you know, now soccer is very much so where there's a combine, there's like this serious type of structure that exists to kind of have players go through a system. But before there wasn't any of that. And so typically, you know, it wasn't like you get drafted and you, you know, wear a suit on draft day. You know, it's just like, Someone like, gives you a show, call. Yeah, yeah. And, they call you up. And yeah. Say, yeah, it's not. It's not that TV. Like no, man. That's just muscle stuff. You know, like I drafted. Yeah, they're like, hey, man, you've been drafted. You're like, cool. You're getting paid this. Ah, cool. Sweet. Exactly. You put the phone down. You like solo celebrate. Woo! That's it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It was. It was funny, man. And then you just like say, "Hey, mom, I think I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> and this is from Florida, right? Yeah, man. So this you, is this is just in Florida. So, so, so directly. So you went directly from Florida to Atlanta. For, to yep, Florida so, to Atlanta. So that was the phone call. It was like, "This is where you're coming right after college. That's it. As soon as you graduate, done. Boom. Pack yeah. your bags, my friend. Yeah, because you're coming. It was like you're coming to Atlanta. Oh man, that's awesome. So it was cool, you know, like, and, and, and we had a lot of guys on my team that also did the same, you know, they got drafted by different teams. And so, um, it was kind of like a cool thing where you were a part of this kind of class of, of elites, you know, that got picked up out of school. All right. Well, that sounds awesome, man. So far, um, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> okay. Let's crack this other beer first. Yeah, hell Before yeah. we get into that, let's do it. Um, this is the number two. This is a so I got this beer around the world kit for uh, for Christmas. Dude, what it's an awesome gift! Twelve, yeah, right. That's my my uh, um, my brother in law gave it to me. He's like, yeah, I got you the maybe something for your podcast. It's like twelve beers of Christmas. I was like, around the world. I was like, all right, cool. So I've been, I haven't even opened them all yet. I'm just opening two as we get you know every Closer, podcast. Yeah. So. So we'll have two from the packs, but I'll have 12, but I have other ones too. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, yeah, this is like one of the one of the cans around the world. There's yeah. bottles and all kinds of shit, but this is one of them, and I don't even know. This is from... Yeah, where is it from? Handshake Brews. It's a, it's a collaboration brew with Brunswick Beer Works and La Trap. And La Trap, I believe La Trap's in... Oh, no, this is... Uh, okay, so... Brunswick Brewwork Beerworks is in Toronto, Ontario, and Canada. But I thought the other one was from like Belgium. But no, it's just product of Canada. Nice. All right, so this is a Canadian beer. Yeah. And this is uh, Ora Ite Labora. I guess that's French for it's a fucking beer. <laughs> uh, it's a New World Double Bock. Okay, it's a Double Bock, which I'm guessing it's going to be brown, like a brown ale. But seven point five. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see Dude, how it nice. goes. We'll yeah, see how let's, it goes. Let's, let's turn up. You want to finish that one first? Oh, or? I didn't even see. I had extra. 
I don't want to mix your. I don't want to mix your beers. Just the yep. See, it's got a. It's like a brown. It's a sort of a brownish ale or a red. It could be a red. Dude, it's a cool color. Box are kind of like red browns. Dude, I love that you just. Dude, you just you're just dialed in. Dude, got you got I got a no beer. <laughs> that's 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 the thing. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers, man. Let's oh, try cheers, this puppy bro. out. All right. Well, that's definitely uh it's definitely a trap beer. It's not bad actually. No way. I thought it was gonna be on the sweeter side. It is sweet. I mean it's definitely sweet. It's definitely sweet, but there are ones that are sweeter. But this <laughs> one's not bad. This is pretty good actually. No, it's a good job. Brunswick brewing. Alright. It smell you smell it? It smells really sweet. But it's got the like that. It's good. I like it. It's one of those things where it, it also feels yeah, it's it's also like has a lot of body to it as well. It's got a lot of body. It's, it tastes clean too. It's yeah. almost like uh, refreshing as well. It's good, even though it's like a darker beer. Yeah, because some some darker ones feel heavy. You know, you, it's like almost uh, a lot, a lot of body. But this one's like a almost a perfect, good combination of the body and the, and the <laughs> and the mouthfeel too. It's great. So what are we talking about again? Oh, uh, the beer, oh the yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, all right, so yeah, awesome. so we went to your first year in Atlanta. What was that like? Uh, um, dude, it was it was different. Um, different in like you're you're not in college anymore. You know, like the reality hits you fast. So that so your first year was it more like like you said the reality hits you fast? Was it more like fuck, man, this ain't college anymore? It's <laughs> now. How were you like twenty? Yeah, yeah, man. 21? Like, dude, I was, I was twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. So you can go to bars and shit at this time. Totally. And are you like, are you sort of like, do you have an apartment? Are you like staying with other? You got roommates, yeah, teammates. soccer teammates. Yeah, yeah. They're all, all in the same, same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, we're in the same home. Um, like four or two and like it was like a pretty big kind of a, like apartment, but it had uh, four rooms and so with a big kind of common area and like laundry and so it was it was a big dorm room okay um, but yeah it was it was like it was really intimate yeah yeah so you like got to know some of your players like you know like totally. more than others i guess you would say like you know those your core uh was it was it like that was it sort of like uh i imagine like you know people kind of start pairing up almost so you you like you're friends with everybody on the team but then, when you guys sort of break off a little, you, you sort of got your groups. Totally. And then that's going to be your your housing, I guess, like your your roommates no, and stuff. Or it's, it's kind of like they. Ah, uh... oh, what the fuck! Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, so apologize for that. It was a fire alarm. We had to take a, a hot a hot uh, pause there for a second. So yeah, so we're back to um, the commod the commodity, I guess, or the. Is that how you say it? Camaraderie? Or it's like camaraderie. Camaraderie? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a weird word to say. Dude, it's all good. Camaraderie, yeah. Um, yeah, so the with the teammates and stuff, and you kind of focus with the roommates, but it wasn't like you guys didn't have like your own little cliques on the side, like where you guys hung out maybe and went to bars as like a four group kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, no, we, we totally had cliques. Um, yeah. The way they set it up, though, was just all the rookies would kind of stay in the same home, and then, ah. and then they would 
you know, kind of parse it out depending on your tenure and how long you've been there. And so typically some of the better well-known players would have their own place, their families, you know, they would be in a, a better situation, but you know, being first and new to the team, it's, Hey, you guys stay in this team dorm and you all live together. I'll do things together. And, um, yeah. and, and it was great just cause you could build relationships and bonds and that type of situation. Um, but it also created like professional sports are very, it's very competitive, right? You know, uh-huh. um, and so is everybody out trying to like outdo each other kind of a thing? Yeah, man, because you want to play, right? right? So you want, yeah, you want to get first string, I'm guessing, right? Or, you know, exactly. to be on the field. So there's like this, there's like starters. And so in soccer, um, you know, 11, you, you have 11 players that are starters, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have five players, maybe six, depending on the different leagues. Okay. Um, on the bench. And so you want to be one of those groups yeah. because those groups actually get paid. Starters get paid more yeah, because they're starting. And then if you do go on the field, you get paid, you know, also additional mm-hmm. meaning like, but then subs also have their rate too. So oh, okay. but not being on the pitch or not being called up at all, you make no money. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you make your salary money because that money was the money that you negotiated with the club. Right. And you're so, there. But, but but other than that, you're not making additional money. Additional nothing, right? No. And so you, you want that, right? And that's kind of a way to incentivize you. And Yeah. And so although these are friends of yours and you, you like them, you don't love them because – you know, you want to play. And you want to play, and you're like, I'm trying to outdo you. Exactly. So, I so got practice you. is tough. Practice yeah. is competitive, and not everyone has your best interest. And uh, you just have to keep that in mind. And and as a young player, I I didn't really get that right. You know, as right. a young player, I came from this really cool college that had this brotherhood, and being hit with reality in the face, it was just it was daunting and jarring. And I was like, oh wow, this is how it really is. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So then, how long did that last for? So it only lasts for two years, man. Like, so you did two uh, years. Yeah. Two years of the full. I guess it would be. What, prof- is it professional? Considered? I mean, I would. I would consider it professional just because it was professional at the time. And you're getting paid for it. So and, it's a thing. And then, but but note this: that you know, once the MLS started to build that that recognition and started to get that the brand recognition much higher, uh-huh. then that league became like this thing called the USL, which was more of a semi-professional league. Gotcha. So Atlanta Silverbacks was a part of this semi-professional league. And then the MLS started to kind of pull teams from this UR, USL league, excuse me, yeah. into the MLS to then this make their portfolio more robust. Oh, okay. And so that's what happened much later. But before, these were professional teams, <clears throat> regional teams, very small kind of U.S. league. Yeah. And then when the MLS came in, they, in a way, inherited like all these teams with all this culture and all this history. And then it just made it easy for them to gain more market share. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. So, okay, so then you only you did only two years of that. Did you get just salary stuff or did you end up making more money? Yeah, yeah I did, man. Like I, I got some playing time, you know, like I... I was always just a smart player, right? You know, I'd always just like come in and do my job and play my role. And um, I never scored any goals, um, you know, never set up any assists. Because at the time I was playing. You said you're on defense, right? Yeah. Yeah, So I was playing defensive mid. And defensive mid is more like a working man's position where you're just like seeing the field, seeing like the flow of the game and just trying to support your defenders when they need to give someone else the ball. 
and then make sure that you give it to someone that can create the attack or create the movement of the attack, right? So okay. you're kind of this really interesting kind of support role. And right. um, and yeah, like you can score goals. There are very talented defenders that, that actually that do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't one of them, but well, uh, you know, that and you're also not looking to score goals, right? You're looking to do your job, like you said, play exactly. the role, play the position. If you happen to score a goal, whatever, but. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel that it's a fun it's a fun game because you get to do a little bit of both. You can get more involved in the offense. Uh-huh. Um, so I really loved that position. But typically, your role is to hold um, and kind of play in that little pocket. But um, but yeah, man, it was great. And and then at the end of that, they were just like, "Hey, Zach, thank you, but we're not gonna like resign you, right? Like uh, okay. we're going to, um, you know, this has been fun, and you know, like there are some other teams that you can look at that are interested in you." But, um, but, you know, we are going to like move with another option. And so my contract didn't get like picked up again. Um, and, and that's that going to feel, that's going to feel weird, maybe, right? Like being like, uh, I wouldn't say like, maybe weird is the right term because not that it doesn't feel good, but you're kind of like, uh, you know, like you can, it's like kind of getting traded, right? You're playing <laughs> for the Phillies and all of a sudden you get traded to like, you know, the Blue Jays or some shit. And you're like, okay. Okay. I <laughs> yeah, guess, I guess I'm going to Toronto. <laughs> that's, that's how it happens, you yeah. know. Like it's very cutthroat. You yeah, know? It's, they don't they don't own they don't own you. They don't owe you anything, and that's why I think a lot of these athletes. Not I think that's why a lot of these athletes have agents, right? Like yeah. because these contracts kind of protect them from these surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at the time, you know, like this wasn't a very established thing. It was more the tradition. Players would come in, they would leave. You know, and if you weren't a player that fit the coach's system, then he'd find someone else to bring in. So, um, you, you know, I, I was definitely, you know, upset. Mm-hmm. But but I think in hindsight, you know, like it was the best thing that could happen to me just because I was able to um, just kind of, yeah, like. Did, did you end up going to a new team or you were like, well, I'm kind of done with soccer, I think. You know, I, I, I did try to uh, go to different tryouts that teams were having to say, all right, well, let me just see if I can just jump onto these other teams. Because that was just like the fastest way I could start making money again. And play, right, right. right? And, um, and I did that. And, you know, like I was able to be on like different practice teams. But, um, but yeah, like never like got to the point where a team was willing to sign me again. And, um, and so I think that was just like one of those moments where it's like, hey, you know, you kind of had fun, you did your thing. And, you know, this is, this is probably as far as it's going to go. And I could continue to do it, but, you know, with, but, but it would be a bit painful. And the writing is kind of on the wall where it's right, like, I've right. tried a couple of places. Yeah. I kind of see how I stack up and it's just that they're looking for a different type of talent. And, yeah. you know, um, and, and it's a cool, it's a reality check, you know, kind of humbles you in a way where you're just like, all right, well, let me move on. You know? Yeah. It's, it's that, it's that time. It's my time <laughs> to move on, to do other things, yeah. Exactly. So did you, did you end up going back home then uh, to Texas after Atlanta then? I or, did. or I guess uh, after the soccer? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I went back home. I did like some volunteer work. Um, and then I just tried to like figure out what was my next step. What was, you know, what was the thing that I was going to do? And um, while I was playing soccer, I met a girl and, um, and we we're just kind of hanging out. And, um, and she lived in L.A. And... Um, and I was just like, you know what? Like, we had a good time. I was enjoying you. You know, might as well go chase love, you know? Like, there you so go. I was like, let me just, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything here. Let me just go 
see what she's up to. And so, uh, like, she lived in Long Beach, and I moved. Oh, nice. I love Long Beach, too, man. Like, Long Beach is a cool place. Um, I moved in with her, and, um, and yeah, like, we, we kind of hung out, and I got a job, and just kind of, like, just slowly but surely. So you, 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 you kind of, like, made that, like, it sounds fast, but it's not fast. Uh, you sort of made that transition from being almost like a professional athlete to just kind of like that kind of part of my life is over now living in LA. Yeah. So now I'm in California, I'm in LA. And what did you start doing for work then? Dude, like, so at that time, um, like refinance was hot, right? Like people were trying to refi homes all over the place. Oh, yeah. There was just terrible loans out there. Like, and people, money was cheap, right? Like yeah. you could easily refi your home, get, you know, a couple mil to then put down on your kid's education or whatever it may be. And so, yeah. um, I kind of ran into some guys that, so I joined like a soccer league that was there in Long Beach. And cause again, that was a thing I knew. That was a way yeah, I could kind of connect you, with people. Exactly. There's your social. Totally. You know? you know, we speak the same language. And, um, and then one of those guys had like a firm and then he was like, look, we're looking for sales reps. And so that's kind of what I did. I just kind of went in oh, there cool. and started doing these, uh, you know, just selling people these refi deals and, um, and it was, it, you know, like sales gig, it was tough, you know, like, but it, it, it kind of taught me a little bit of, you know, like how, what is the nuances, right? Like the nuances around, like, how do you sell? Like, how do you get people, how do you persuade? How do you commit people into these things? And yeah. how do you like get them to buy into your idea? It's kind of like Inception, right? Like how right. do you give them the idea and allow them to tell you that they thought about that idea when you just explained it to them? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. That's cool. that's a that's a whole uh, what do you call it? That's a whole uh, f- uh, strategy in itself, Dude. and to you know, <laughs> it, that's a game changer for sure. It's cool. I mean, yeah. it's it's you know just like learning the negotiation, right, and learning all the skills yeah. and nuances around it, and uh, and so I did that for a little bit and just kind of felt bad, you know, like I was making good money, but I just wasn't enjoying it because it's a grind. Um, and, uh, then another buddy called me and was like, Hey, I need someone to help me do some online work. And I was like, dude, I don't know anything about this online space, but he was like, Hey, I'm doing these ad words. Um, you know, I need some ads to go out just to make sure that cause people are online. They're not on the yellow pages anymore. So I was all like, right. all right. And I kind of got into that scene very early in the game. Like it was something that was very like new and, you know, the yellow pages was still very dominant at the time. Right. And so, um, so I just kind of helped him build some ads and like did that for six months. And, uh, he, another buddy was starting an ad company. And, uh, yeah, he was just like, dude, you're doing all this awesome work. Can you help me in my company? So I joined his company as like employee number like 100. And then his company ended up like IPOing. So I was just there and I just kind of like helped him with this ad product. I mean, I did so much built ad products. Like I just yeah. got involved and heavily involved in just tech and everything involved in tech. And the company was so loose because they were so early that they didn't right. really have or know where to find these like super technical people. So I just kind of came in and as a curious person was just trying to like learn everything and absorb everything. Right. To the point where I just like worked myself up to like a pretty senior position at the company, stayed there for six years. Um, after it IPO'd, made a ton of money and Damn. just decided to take 12 months off. That's a fucking dream right there. <laughs> Taking 12 months off. That's awesome. So you're there for six years. So you're in LA for 10? I was in LA for 10. Did you take that 12 months off in LA? I did. Uh-huh. I did. How, how was that? What did you spend time doing? 
everything, man. Like um, traveling or traveling, learn how to like. I really wanted to learn how to surf, and so like totally in California. Why not? Right? I took up from Huntington classes. Beach. Oh, so I actually went to um, this was down in Redondo. So Redondo had like oh, Redondo some very Beach, yeah. chill like waves. Where as a beginner, that's just kind of like where a- you want to start. Absolutely. Um, Longboards and like simple waves, but then eventually like you know started to build up my momentum to make it all the way to Malibu. Um, and oh, cool. like do some coves there, but, uh, but again, like I'm not, but any, do you, but do you surf though? No, you know, like I know how to do it. I don't do it consistently cause I would live out here in the Bay. Right. Oh and yeah, like, for sure. It's the cold. water you need, like, <laughs> I don't know, like a four or five wetsuit or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I don't, I don't surf, but, um, like as much as I used to, but, um, we, you know, the wife and I will take trips to Hawaii and I'll get out there and just kind of like test it and um and and try to enjoy it when i can yeah that's awesome man that sounds great all right well you ready to take a break dude i'm always i'm ready to drink some more beer actually absolutely that's what we'll do we'll be <laughs> back and drinking more beer um but we'll come back with round two and we'll talk about how you came up here and we'll talk about this app you're developing oh yeah because you, you got some good ideas and uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna dive into it and and dissect it maybe see what you need or you don't need or what's gonna be a great idea i don't know people are gonna be i don't know if people are ready for it who knows maybe they're not maybe they will (laughs) maybe they're like oh that's a great idea (laughs) um but yeah we'll be back with this uh and how you got up to the bay from la too totally yeah because it'd be great all right we'll see you guys we'll be back late all right that's it for round one if you guys like what you hear go to a few deep.com click on the exclusive button click on the donate to the beer fund or you can go to Apple Podcast and click on the subscribe button and give me a review and a star rating. I want to thank Mr. Zach Peoples for coming on and hanging out. I want to thank the Rosen Crown in Palo Alto, Ale Arsenal in San Carlos, the Willow Market in Menlo Park, and Jane's Beer Store in Mountain View. All great places to get great beer and maybe meet some cool people that know stuff about beer. All right. Until then... I shall see you next week. Uh, That's it. All right. Late. Late.